Hello, hello! Welcome to Star Trek Reliant, the episode, uh, the... I was going to make a introduction like the Foundry Roundtable back in the day, like the only Star Trek Adventures podcast dedicated to... Oh, kind of, oh we're not the only one that's done Foundry stuff, we're not the only... Uh, I think we're the only one with a small talking tardigrade. Yes, we are the only Star Trek Adventures podcast that I know of that has a small talking tardigrade. I am Duncan Idaho. I will be your DM for tonight, and I play the captain, Marcus Graves, and various other characters. Moving on with the rest of the cast we have assembled tonight, let us go to Chorog, our security officer. Hello, hello, Chorog here, played by Pirate Scum Gaming. I play the resident pirate, adventure enthusiast, asset relocation specialist, and tardigrade wrangler. And connoisseur of fine cigars. Indeed. Great for munching. Next we have our first officer and chief medical officer, Dr. Eli O'Connor. That's uh, me. I am I am a kite right now. Then <laughs> we have our con officer, Kara Junrani. Star Trek Reliant. We're not dead yet. And we've got Rektia, our chief engineer. Your greetings and salutations. Please line up orderly and I'll get to your repairs as soon as I can. We're a bit looked up right at the moment. Yes, yes, because Captain Graves has returned to the starship Reliant. I don't know why I'm doing like the old timey slightly like, and now Tales of Adventure voice. But anyway, I'm doing that tonight. Um, but we've got, uh, Captain Graves re- returning with Setsuguro from their conference. A trip back to the Reliant. The shuttle bay is coming in, swooping in, overshot of the, uh, the USS Reliant as it's charting some gaseous anomaly, and comes in for a nice slow landing. Good Actually, I believe we're actually still at Magellan, because that was kind of the thing Chorog and I needed to do. Okay. So we're turning gaseous anomaly just out... Okay, so actually... Suddenly there's a gaseous anomaly outside Starbase Magellan. <laughs> this is an investigation. I swear it wasn't me this time. So there, there is a gaseous anomaly that has appeared just off the port bow of the USS Reliant as... Are we in dock or in orbit of Magellan? Either way, I was figuring in dock, but it's all good. Okay, we are in dock. <laughs> so there's like this gaseous cloud um, right next to the ship. And now we have an A plot <laughs> this episode. <laughs> so, Starship Reliant is happen- it just happens to be the closest ship in range and is just applying its scanners, just trying to figure out, well, how did this thing happen? What is this thing made of? And Ladies and gentlemen, behold our creative process. Yes. And uh, the rest of the, uh, whoever wants to be down in the shuttle bay to greet the captain as uh, he disembarks um, is free to do so. So, you junior officers are there. Bryce is there. Larissa is there. Get is not there. Get has better things to do. Car is there. We've also. He's got to check on the shuttle. And, and, and Rick's also there. Also He's. He's going to be uh, uh, assisting or um, going along with Kara, looking after the shuttle. 
Charles also and there, but he's working on his shuttle, banging loudly on a dent, swearing loudly. I will also say that Grawl is also there. One of our listeners. So uh, Kara leans over slightly to Grawl and says, You know, I hear that Setsa spiked the punch at the party they were at with the, with the hot pepper wine we made. That's going to have been interesting. Grawl chuckles. So, oh, yeah, I have to make my sneaky roll. Okay. Sneaky roll has been accomplished. Right. So, shuttle bay, uh, shuttle door opens, and a somewhat haggard-looking Graves and Setsa step out of the shuttle. Graves. This Graves. Hey. Car goes, Ew, you don't look so good. Graves ponders for a moment, trying to think of something to say, and he says, yeah. Uh, so I heard you, uh, climbed a mountain. Like, I didn't think it was going to be a mountain, but it turned out to be a mountain. And that's a little bit of a weird experience to be on. Yeah. Hey, I think I know what that's like. I mean, we were pretty sure we were in regular space, and then, boom, gaseous cloud. Uh, Setsa looks over and says, Well, I mean, it was just a translation issue, and... I guess with that slope, it looked like it was, you know, much more gentle, but, I mean, you made it. It was it was fun, right? Marcus sighs. We got attacked by those eagle things. I don't think we were attacked. I think we were just involuntarily included in one of their um, social displays. Grave sighs. Did y'all break any bones? Um, not then. Well, then you did better than our last captain with her mountain adventure. Graves. Woo! So congratulations, you've got one up on Captain Cole. Ah, I'll take it. Uh, I've read the logs. Um, well, basically saying nice work, not getting into too much trouble while we've been away. And, yeah, it's just nice to be back on board. Well, welcome back. You'll probably want to head to sickbay the way you're looking. By the way, Kara kind of looks over and gives kind of a wry smile. Did you really spike the punch at the dinner party? Setsa has a shit-eating grin on. Well, that's one way to see a, see a lot of diplomats suddenly shut up. Well, I, some did. Uh, others, um, we, we got to learn some impromptu anatomy, that's what I'll say. I would imagine, um, uh, punching the, the, spiking the punch would just make Sugihara speak even more. Yeah, but with that hot pepper wine, maybe he, I was about to say, with the hot pepper wine, maybe he'd be too busy gasping and coughing. Oh, he, he, he did a bunch of that, a bit of that, and then, well, he got quiet and contemplative. He just sat in a corner mumbling to something about policy imperatives. It was, uh, it was a little sad and worrying. Hey, I'd have taken it. Yeah, it's just, well, the Bullion Ambassador got into an argument with the Bullion Ambassador, which led into... Well, one of those scenes where someone goes flying, another person goes flying, someone tries to retaliate by throwing someone else, that person's me. Well, you know, a Tholian ambassador is just the least rude Tholian they could find. Uh, anyway, it anyway. is good to see you back, both of you. Um, I think, Kara, it's uh, about time we check out the shuttle just to make sure that nothing has been uh, damaged or... Illegally tampered with? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I got a project I can talk to you about in the meantime. As for you, Miss Science Officer, go scan a gaseous cloud. 
Chorog says it wasn't him. Um, you mean... Uh, okay, I will try to figure this out. Kara gives sets of finger guns and then heads over to the shovel with Rick to inspect it. Setsa takes a scan of the cargo bay just in case Kara was being a little bit more literal, but then sort of picks up on the uh, notifications from science that there's a gaseous cloud outside of the ship and goes to investigate that, while Graves heads over to sick bay. So Kara and Rick get to work, you know, checking over the shuttle. Uh, our GM can demand a roll from us as they will. And Kara, I shall demand such a role. Kara looks over at Rick and says, "Do you have any experience manufacturing weapons?" Um, not weapons as such. I do have um, experience making a quite a variety of powered things. Well, we need some stun guns for our little rat friends. Nothing we've got is really going to work. I suppose we could arm them with Type Two phasers, but even that seems like a little large for their size. So I had something in mind, but, you know, I'm not a designer, I'm not an engineer, so I would need some help fabricating these. Mm, the, um, the power cell would be the most interesting part of that design constraint, trying to do something that's powerful yet able to be stored in such a tight space. Well, we could go with something more capacitor-like. Maybe it doesn't have many shots, especially since, you know, they're going to be overwhelming people partially with numbers. True. Um, so uh, Rick T bends down and opens up the one of the compartments as, as he starts to examine uh, the engine. Um, well, uh, we can. Do you have a design in mind, or do you like uh, how it visually should look, like the frame we're working with, or would you like to come with me to engineering and we can work out the nuts and bolts? Well, I can do that, but I was basically figuring something roughly rifle-sized, and I had in the mind basically a kind of a particle cannon weapon. You know, basically mostly electricity, a little bit of impact, depending. But I figure we're arming them with stun batons, might as well give them stun guns. Now that's, uh, we'd have to uh, do, do some testing with, uh, in terms of ergonomics and size comparisons and create a, a virtual... I can Rusayan uh in the holodeck just to just to see how it, it works with works with their um pause. That's not hard. We've got it, you know, loaded up. Not to mention we can always grab the trio just for, you know, grabbing them to use as guinea pigs. Yeah, it's uh I'd like to keep my mind and busy, especially now that uh got a guest in the uh brig. He uh rather irks me. By this time, Chorog has finished tinkering with his shuttle. I overheard the conversation about the Riothaean's uh, shock weapon and walks up to Richter and says, uh, Sir, I have a readout of the weapon I designed, the stun baton. Maybe we can use the list of components to come up with something uh, for this pulse rifle. Basically, it's... Uh, Basically, it's a st uh, stack electricity charge gun. Yeah, see, that's basically what I was thinking. Just kind of build off what we've already got. Yeah, it, it, it shouldn't be too hard to just uh, alter the forms and uh, uh, project the electric uh, electrical field. Right on. So 
Yeah, okay, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I'm not an engineer. I'm okay with the shovels and everything, but uh, definitely fabrication is not my forte. Yeah, that's my thing. I, I do have a history of designing weapons, so I can definitely lend a hand with designing a weapon on the scale that the Riathaeans can use without it being overly large and bulky. Well, sounds like you guys don't really even need me around then. I would definitely appreciate the help with that. Hey, if nothing else, I can hold tools and pass them to people. So, for the task of investigating the shuttle, uh, Kara has rolled one success. Uh, for um, for her part in that. So, mm-hmm. Rick, for what you're going to be doing, I want you to run an insight engineering role. Okay. One success? So, you both have one success each. So... With that, you notice that there's, in one of the intake uh, manifolds, there is what appears to be a little bit of a, sort of like a blue gunking up. So, kind of this, you know, uh, like, maybe some, like, particle stuff that's sort of become an aggregated sludge. That's really not that much. So, kind of what you would expect coming through planetary systems. Sometimes you're going through some cometary debris or asteroidal debris or just miscellaneous dust. Um... Uh, dust accumulations in orbit. So, not too bad to try to remove that. Before that, Kara engineering. Kara moves over to the computer and checks the route they took to see if they went, ended up going through that gas cloud on the way in. No, but they weren't too far off from it. Kara shrugs and looks back at the other two engineers. Doesn't look like they went through the gas cloud, so I don't know if we need to keep any of that for sampling, but it looks probably just like crud we should get rid of. Yeah, we're basically cleaning up the shuttle's belly button. Well, there's a thought I didn't need. So, uh, control engineering role. And for this, I will spend two threats. So, complication range, 18. Get on a control engineer. I should point out, just to start with, that Kara is going to have at least one success because she's augmented control. And two dice success, so you have three successes. Will Rick Bumbo? Or will he come through and result in mega successes? I've got two successes. Uh, Kara's got a roll. Oh, no. Oh, okay. And I rolled, so I got two successes. So between the two of us, four. Your names are both in yellow. It was confusing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So two successes each. So for that, uh, I'm going to try to bring in something here. I will... Add a momentum! With our fancy new uh, momentum generator that, or momentum key tracker that the Magellbot developers have implemented. Give a thumbs up for that. Nice rolling bot has been upgraded. I will give two momentum for that. So you have cleaned the sludge. Now the question is do you dispose of it or do you just put it in a stasis container just in case Setsa asks for this later? It didn't go through the cloud. I vote we get rid of it. It is, well, it is rather close, and there might be traces, but also um, with external areas, it might be, it might provide a clue as to how the gaseous anomaly came to be. Okay, we'll split the difference. We'll shove this in a stasis container for a few hours, and if nobody asks for it, then we'll get rid of it. All right, that sounds a uh, appropriate compromise. So Kara works on getting it into a stasis container and then just double taps her combat real quick. Uh, Jinrani to Jigoro. 
Um, that's here. So we got some blue sludge off of your, uh... Well, you know what? You don't need to know what the Bussard collectors do and everything. I don't need to know that either. But we have some sludge from debris collected as you were going through flight. There's a chance, a small chance, that some of it might be related to that gas cloud. So we shoved it in a stasis container for now. If you don't end up using it after a while, though, we're going to get rid of it. Okay. Oh, I might still want to take a look at it just in case. I mean, who knows what we picked up somewhere if it's not from the gas cloud. So, cool. Thanks for letting me know. I don't know. I'll drop it by uh, science as I go. Um, I'm heading up to the bridge real quick just to take advantage of the lateral sensor array. I'll be back in science shortly. Yeah, yeah, no worries. It'll be there for you. Oh, cool. So we cut up to the bridge, where Dr. Eli O'Connor is in command. Enjoying the chair. Will last. Ensign Moon, or Lieutenant Moon, is at the con station, just, you know, updating some software, checking on the, uh, oh, various diagnostics, just trying to make sure the ship is in top condition as possible. Marissa is doing the same for weapons, and it's a pretty relaxing, just easy day. I got uh, whatever easy listening music that uh, Eli has um, specified, uh, just for kind of more of a lounge atmosphere for what's at the bridge, because, you know, they're in dock, nothing nothing out of the ordinary except for that big, uh, slightly blue gas cloud just outside. So, at that moment, Setsujigoro appears on the bridge, just waving to Eli and just saying, Hello! Ah, it's all good. When did you guys get back? Now wait, it's uh, on the uh, schedule right here. Should have been down uh, there. Uh, yeah, just now, really. Okay, question. Is it true that uh that Marcus pissed off uh some kind of space count and got thrown in Oubliette? Um, yeah, it happened after I spiked the um well, spiked the drink at a diplomatic reception. I got How did he escape? The, um that's a very good question. He still hasn't told me. So, um, yeah, maybe we can find out from him later, get him drunk enough? Oh, yeah, that's probably not great to say. But, I mean, ah, well, spending a show alone with him for an extended period of time. Yeah, I kind of like looking forward to having a little bit time. It does sound like something uh, healthy to have. Sorry, just a bit brain scrambled lately. Yeah, yeah, no worries, another feeling. I'm mountain, did diplomatic stuff. Eventually went to my conference, but, I mean, not, I mean, by that point it was, yeah, a little, a little frazzled. At this point, the turbo lift door is open. Kara steps up. I heard something about being brain fried. You didn't eat any of that contaminated food, did you? No. Uh, Question, yeah, though, I'm how could you hear through the turbo lift? Kara very carefully and sensually flips her hair back and strokes her very long sylvan ears. I thought we I thought we soundproofed these things. Um, it's not very good. Ah, uh, that's fair. I'll ask Rick to take a look at it later. Yeah, ever since the pot, it's, it's well, it, from what I've heard, that door hasn't really been sealed exactly. Yeah, that could be a problem in combat if we lose atmospheric pressure. Well, yeah, it's all the, um... Uh, the backup security field should, you know, but, you know, I'll put it on Rick's schedule just in terms of bumming around and discussing it with other technicians, so sorry about that. Oh, and Kara, apparently Marcus was in an oubliette. Told you. All right, all right. Get to the Romulan ale later. Woo! Oh, it wasn't said that he'd be in an oubliette. 
I mean, I heard a space count, and I just sort of assumed that the worst would happen, so... Yeah. Let's just say that things have been pretty unusual around here, Setsa. Since the time you've been gone, we've dealt with some weird replicator issues. Uh, apparently, while you were gone, uh, and while we were off somewhere, uh, Magellan got attacked. Let's see, what else happened? Um, oh, got a big gas cloud? Yeah, there's that too. There's been a lot of really strange things going on. Well, let's go take a look at the gas cloud then. I mean, right outside the lateral sensor array, so... We can get as, uh, as good of a uh, look as we can possibly get if, um, in this situation. Oh yeah, and I guess everything kind of started when that spaceman came flying through our temporal transporter. Car goes over what? and sits down at her station. <laughs> spaceman. You, I'm pretty sure you were here for that. She was. I'm busy. Like, I've been busy. Sorry. Car just blinks and looks down at her console. I'm getting the feeling something weird's going on around here. Uh, Setsa heads over. Setsa heads over to the lateral sensor array. And does science! I heard my sister was involved with that whole fight on uh, the station while we weren't here. I didn't read the report too closely. All I heard was lots of blood, none of it Riothean. A lot of it was my sister's, apparently. Yeah, she came in and tried to fight the Terran boarding parties. Meanwhile, the Riotheans had just holed it up and basically locked themselves in. Okay, I actually haven't read the full report. She's only said there was one person. Well, I assume there was more. Me? I don't know. I'll talk to her later. Sets uh, blinks at the readout. Among the other things strangely in the particle are anti-chronotons. Oh, no, I actually had something completely different. Oh, okay, well, you would go for your idea, because I was just going to add on to it, whatever it was, but if you've got something else, go for okay. it. You can throw on the anti-chronotons to this, but let's uh, throw this one out first. Um, she she says... It's a cloud of eggs. Like, cosmozoan eggs? Or chicken eggs that are just... Is, is this gaseous yolk? I mean, really small eggs. It's like, I don't know, like, it, it, like almost four, but... Yeah, these are definitely developing little reproductive structures. I mean, cold. They're not, like, germinate or that developing or anything like that, but that's what we got floating out there. Wait, you said spores? Uh, well, I mean, just really small developing things. Let's, let's keep John away from the windows. Uh, at that moment, you see John reaching up to the stasis container. <laughs> John, please don't. We're not sure they're even spores yet. Oh, his Kara brought the stasis container with her. Good point, she didn't, so strike that from the record. <laughs> this would be a camera cut down to science, and this would be happening. Camera cut down to science. John's just reaching up towards it, and the camera cuts back to the bridge. But I was about to say, if that's the case, though, then how did John learn they were spores? He knows. <laughs> He's got the rumbly tumby. Yeah, so let's keep an eye on the tardigrades, because if they hear that S word... They're going to be going out there and getting themselves all kinds of tangled up with whatever this is. They're going to ruin yeah, their meals. Um, yeah, definitely. So I'll, uh, yeah, definitely send some notes over to the education department and let's go find where John is. You can always buy them off with a couple graham crackers. By the way, it looks like in this cloud there's also some other strange exotic radiation. Like, I'm getting some anti-chronotons in here. Huh, weird. So, uh... Add that to the list of strange things that's going on lately. I really don't yeah, want to know what uh, that can literally do to cause an effect. Um, 
Well, they're not developing backwards too much, so I don't think the anticonotons are really doing too much to affect the spores, slash eggs, slash whatever's out there. No, but it might be related to some of the other strange things going on around here. Yeah, maybe. We'll just have to see. Um, you tell Graves or let him have a little rest time with Ged. He's with Ged. What makes you think there's rest? Um, the alcohol? Oh, they do get along, don't they? I mean, it'll be rest once he's blacked out, and then it's not really going to be rest. Hold on. Hangover. Is this, is this a good idea? Speaking of rest, are you sure you're, you're okay with Sajulia? Oh, I mean, I got a nap before um, we came to dock, so I think I'm pretty good to go right now. But, yeah, it's just been a long trip. Hey, Graves got put in the Nubriad. That's not normal. I got also, don't, uh, don't eat Checkers' brownies. My, I am, wow. Yeah, I, I'm I, sure you could tell, but. Also, while I'm thinking about it, don't ask Checkers for water. Ever. I mean, I generally steer clear of checkers after the incident, so... Good move. You can ask Daniel about it sometime. He, uh... Well, let's just say he went on a trip. <laughs> I'm on a trip right now, too. <laughs> can I Can I use no. medical reasons to relieve the doctor of command? Kara's oh, no. on the bridge. Can this... I... What? It's okay. Oh, this uh, is... Uh, um... Moon looks back and just says, uh, well, we can't really do anything even if he gave us some unusual order, and if he did, I'd probably call you. So I think we're pretty good to go right now, uh, Lieutenant. I'm, I'm just mellow. This is like a, a brownie, you know? Marissa sighs and says, well, it also wouldn't be the first day this has happened, or the second day, or the third day. Listen, it's, it's been boring around here lately. We've just been stuck at the station. I've been wanting stuff to do so badly, especially since I'm in command, but, uh, well, not anymore. Graves is back. Just the other day, you went ahead and tracked down an issue that was making Ryothan sick. It turned out to be faulty programming and a replicator. Exactly. Well, yes, but since then, I've been bored, is what I'm saying. I want more stuff to do. Larissa sighs and says, Larissa sighs and says, you can always try the uh, those indie fire sticks I, you know, offered. Maybe, but I meant, like, you know, action to do, like, Starfleet. Well, Next time we are in down the holodeck. You know what, let's go through training sim right now. Kobayashi Maru, set it up. Setsu <laughs> oh, just is just inching towards, uh, towards the turbo lift. I'm, I'm kidding, don't, don't, don't leave me. Moon is already busy loading it up while Kara hustles sets into the uh, turbo lift. The door is closed. The Kobayashi Maru simulation is starting. Larissa gets this iron look in her eyes. This time I'm going to beat it. All right, let's go. <laughs> and we cut back over to sickbay. We'll cut back into the Kobayashi Maru in a minute. But um, we go down to sickbay where Graves is uh, laying on back on uh, laying back on a bio bed while... Dad is shaking his head and closing the bottle of uh, the uh, drinks container for the, the special drinks cabinet built into the opposite bio bed. Um, there we have uh, Daniel, who has also um, just joined the <laughs> seamlessly. Duncan adds Daniel to the um, uh, the mix here, who's just coming in for a physical, and Dad is otherwise there. Um, let's see. You got a beep. 
Checkers, uh, or not uh, Checkers, Ged just looks over at Graves and says, All right, I'll let you sit there for now, but don't make me do Tellarite CPR. Uh, I, I'm good. I, I, I survived, I think. Did I survive? Well, according to all measurements, yes. Ah, uh, good. I mean, there's no way we can't tell that you're just a figment of someone's imagination living in a simulation or anything like that, but uh, trust your brain. Uh, my brain is still confused after the Oubliette incident. What? Uh, long story. And just general lesson, don't throw a punch at a diplomatic reception. That depends on the kind of reception. That's usually the way you um, say goodbye at a Tellerite debate. Yeah, this was on Earth at a very highbrow Starfleet reception. Um, a lot of oh, first so. contact. Best, uh, well, not first contact, but first officer and Starfleet uh, teammate. Okay, so what you're saying is that there was a lot of uptight people with puffed up shirts and nothing to do. Yep, more or less. Although, it's strange to see one of those on a Tholian. Ged just blinks several times. Just goes off to write a report. <laughs> Graves sits up, takes a look around, puts the bottle aside, and just rubs his temple, just kind of processing the last few days, slash week, or however long it's been for him. Time. How the hell does it work? <laughs> Is Daniel here? He said he was just listening for now. Okay. Oh, I thought I misread that. I thought just listening in as in a coming on. Okay, sorry about that. It's made for me. Duncan still has jet lag. I actually have a funny idea. Go for it! Uh, Graves has to write a report about how long he's been gone, so maybe he should go ahead and do that and put out down everything he'd, you know, been dealing with. He will do that. Uh, I presume this will be a role. Or will this be a narration? This? Let's go ahead and make it a role. And, uh, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Uh, let's make this an insight command role. You only need one success. If you fail this, this is going to be hilarious. Okay, so let me just pull up my character sheet. And... So, insight command, correct? Yep, let's go with that. And no other uh, modifiers? No modifiers. <laughs> <laughs> no successes! This is great. So, what Graves does not notice while writing this report is that the ship's chronometer has apparently advanced two days, but he's been gone a week. And Graves just writes all this down. He just doesn't check the dates, and it's just, yeah, just... Here's my report, and filed. <laughs> More proof that the captain has been brain melted. So he kind of just looks around his eyes and says, oh, I should probably get up to the bridge. Uh, actually, first, he taps his comm badge. Um, Graves to Rictier. Uh Yes, Captain? Um, everything checked out on the shuttle, correct? Uh, yes, just a minor clearing out of um, the, the uh, buffers and we've got it all sorted out. Uh, maybe there's some still remains there, so Setsa uh, so can check it out. But uh, I'm uh, currently working on uh, with uh, Churog to um, help design some uh, weapons for the real things. All right. Well, that sounds good. Um, if you got a chance, do another security sweep looking for um, tracking any tracking or reconnaissance devices on the uh, shuttle. 
long shot, but well, back in the day, if the shuttles were an easy target for a little bit of corporate espionage. So just in case I'm trying that on us, I'd like us to be extra thorough. Otherwise, well, um, hopefully Trarag has a good time uh, training with the Rio fans, and yeah, I'll just be on the bridge if anything comes up. Alright, I'll uh, keep you updated. Alright, sounds good. And Graves sort of hops off the uh, uh, the biobed, just kind of zips up his uh, uniform as much as, well, um, kind of nominally passes for being dressed in uniform, and uh, heads out to the bridge. Um, Tarek, like the holodeck training simulation with Ryu fans, can proceed whenever you're ready. Um, otherwise, we'll take a peek on what's happening on the bridge. Well, I'm ready. Okay, Riothean training, go! Trog is standing on the hollow deck with the Riothean security force. They have brought along their stun batons that Trog had hand custom made for them. Alright, today we're going to have more practice with the stun batons. But also, I am working with the chief engineer to make you some projectile weapons. Stun batons are great and all, but they lack the sorry about that but they lack the long distance force Trog uh, picks up a prototype of the weapon that he had uh, somewhat hastily constructed it is something like this Trog picks up the weapon and computer bring me up holographic target Trog 1 a, simula a simulation target dummy appears on the, tar on the holodeck Trog takes aim and fires the weapon. Let's see what am I gonna need for a probably daring or daring or control and security. I would also like to point out that I tend to believe that what this thing shoots looks and sounds like the beam from a Ghostbusters proton pack. I was thinking more along the sound what it sounds like the uh, um, Men in Black noisy cricket. Boom. Oh yeah, the the bot changed. You yeah. Uh, okay. Um, the, there's kind of two ways you can roll now. Uh, one is going to be back, or backslash, and then R, and then your target number. It's going to be the fastest way. Or you can do backslash D20, and it gives you a bunch of pop-ups. But is it the other direction? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, R, and then a space. So, yeah, so exactly what you did, but just with a space between the R and the 15. Oh, that, oh, but other direction. <laughs> Yeah, right the first time, it's the, the slash. There you go. One success, one complication. Oh, the weapon fires all right. But fortunately, the prototype, having uh, not up to Chorog's usual standards, blows up in his face. Both Chorog and the target are looking slightly crispy. Chorog just dusts off his coat and said, Oh, I'll have a little rusty at building things. You guys kind of get the general idea of what, what this weapon is going to do. It is a ranged weapon. Just in case, up, just in case, up close and personal is not an option. And as you can see, this thing pretty much makes makes the target a crispy critter. And actually, come to think of it, I suppose it did end up making both kinds of sound. Anyway, off to the side is Kara and the trio. She just, you know, nods, looking on. The Riothan security guards, meanwhile, there's about thirty-five of them, and they all basically follow Chorog, you know, with their eyes standing at attention. If nothing else, their discipline has definitely come a long way. All right, well, until I can get a better, more functioning prototype, I will consult with Rick Deer about that. How is your hand-to-hand -hand 
How is your hand-to-hand swarm combat coming along? Kara looks at him. To be fair, it did work. It just only works once. Well, once I run over a better prototype with uh, Richter, it's going to work every time. All right. Have you, security force, have you guys been practicing what Kara and I have been teaching you? The response is that you're charged by about ten of them. They do a fairly good job coming at you, but since you were reasonably ready, they don't manage to take you down. Uh, Trog is brought down to one knee, but he's not taken all the way down. Trog manages to shake loose the security force and stand back up. Well done, you have been practicing what Kara and I have been teaching you. On an unsuspecting target, they don't have a prayer. Meanwhile, moments ago, rats were flying through the air. Whee! Alright, let's have you guys practice on an unsuspecting target. Computer, load, unsuspecting target, Trog 1. A Klingon is brought up who's busy picking his nose and looking the other way. And slowly doing a heel rock. Riathayans, get him! The Riathayans charge the unsuspecting nose-picking Klingon, and they tackle him and bring him down, completely pinning him to the ground. Yeah, the fact that that guy wasn't looking their way definitely made a big difference. On the other hand, we should probably put together a different uh, training sim at some point. Maybe something that's actually got the hallways from Magellan. We could factor in the ventilation system. Uh, that you know wouldn't what? be a bad idea. That sounds like fun, actually. You and I could go through this, through it, trying to keep ourselves from being overwhelmed. Maybe even get Bryce. Oh, I like that challenge. And I'm not going to hold back, either. For now, the Rio Guardsmen practice with their stun batons, taking down a variety of different targets. It's most adorable. Including an unsuspecting Frankie that shrieked like a little girl. So, Frankie, basically. Um, so, any, speci- any specificity on the Ferengi? Um, typical, dumb, lumbering, unsuspecting Ferengi. Okay, got it. The thing you notice, though, I mean, he's very animated for a holodeck program. Did, did we program him to, to do that? I programmed him to stand there and look stupid. Not the lobs! Not the lobs! Crap, he's real! Where'd he come from? <laughs> Trucks quickly quickly swarms swarms the Ferengi, gets him on the ground, and has a boot knife to his throat. Where'd you come from? How'd you get on here? I, I, my name is Carax. I'm just about to humble trader. I came from Thomas Magellan. Please don't hurt me! What are you doing in here? I came looking for my pet. Captain, uh, Captain Ease, who's the first of the, you know, Rio fans, basically just looks at him. How you get in locked holodeck? Um, and answer I, his question. I tried beaming in through facial channels, but I wound up here. The captain looks up at Chorak for a minute and says, Give me a moment, please. Go ahead, deal with it. Chorak gets up, uh, resheaths the knife in his belt, and walks over to my sets us so that the captain can do what he has to do with the annoying little Ferengi. The captain, Captain Ease, closes his eyes for a moment and basically grabs everything he can from the Ferengi's mind. He's extremely successful at it. <laughs> yes, very much so. So this uh, Ferengi, who I believe I introduced as Char- uh, Cholax? Yeah, Cholax. We'll go with that. I have a hard enough time trying to remember my own characters' names. Okay. Yeah, especially when you just, like, I'll remember this, like, was it this or this? Okay, so it's Chalex, 
and he is indeed a humble trader, and he is indeed looking for an organism. It's not his pet, though. It is an escaped product that he bought from a mysterious trader from beyond the known space of the Alliance territory. Um, it was a first contact logged by Starbase Magellan, and it's um, definitely a little suspicious, especially as the creature was in the process of being logged, but appears to have escaped in the time being. How it did so, though, is mighty confusing. Captain Ease shakes his head a few times. Invading the mind of a Ferengi is never something to have been done lightly. He backs up a little bit and stretches and looks up at Chorog. First, he idiot. Probably not dangerous himself. But, idiot bring along dangerous creatures that have gotten loose somewhere. Oh, Ferengi are plenty dangerous. What's that rule of acquisition? The bigger the smile, the sharper the knife? He's not smiling. He's crying. I still don't trust him. We need to keep an eye on him. We need to find out more about whatever this pet of his is. Uh, not pet. Something he bought from Shady Merchant. Got loose while traveling. It's even worse. Tara just kind of, off to the side, just kind of nods, taking all this in. She looks over at the Ferengi some distance from her. This, uh, creature, you wouldn't have been a bunch of eggs now, would it? Uh, it may have been carrying, it's impossible to say, with a creature of its extraordinary, um... Scientific interest, yes. Straight yes or no answers, please, Nobhead. Um, maybe? Carl mm. looks over at Chorog. The captain's right. He is an idiot. He is an idiot. He's an idiot. He's about to lose a lobe if he doesn't answer this question. That's Found just it. Nubs. I don't think he knows, which means when he bought it, he doesn't even know exactly what he bought. If you use a scanner, can you tell us what to look for? This thing's dangerous since roaming around Starbase Magellan. We got a problem. Um, it was a four-legged creature of some description. It, well, it's about yay high, he indicates somewhere around his uh, knees. And was rather long in the tail area, but sometimes it could have two tails, which was most unusual. Okay, let's add this to the list of weird shit. Uh, Chorog, see, I thought this, you weren't on the bridge, but we discovered that gaseous cloud is, like, made up of eggs. Uh-oh. And, uh, the more I hear from this guy, the more those don't seem related, but... Can we scan that anomaly, and then try to, and then scan Magellan, see if there's anything that resembles it over there? You also okay. have the samples on board the ship. That's a good idea. Let's, uh, I'm gonna go talk to Setsa. Can uh, you all escort our friend to the brig? Keep him away from the other guy. The other yeah. guy might try to eat him. Actually, while we're thinking about that, go ahead and put the Ferengi in the brig on Magellan. Your first real task, Rhea Thanes, is going to be guarding the prisoner. All right, Rhea Thanes, security force. Secure the prisoner. Get him ready to move out. 30, 35 pairs of beady eyes look over at the Ferengi. There is a sudden, There is a sudden commotion. There's a scream, and then there is a Ferengi being carried out, carried out, trussed up in meters and meters of security line, tying him up, held aloft by a small crowd of Riothans marching along. Remember, That's a thing. 
The revolution has begun. Ah, <laughs> uh, real so fans are on the move. So with that, we cut back up to the bridge where, um, well, it's not going good for you, Eli. The First Federation has taken out your impulse drive. You've got warp drive and thrusters left, and that's not a fun combination when one of your nacelles is just hanging off by a thread. The First Federation captain laughs at you and says, Laha, you fell into a trap, and soon we will be drinking Tranya off of the remains of your starship in the great halls of the First Federation. And Larissa cuts him off. Well, I'm surprised they added the First Federation to this, but um, I suppose do and Romulans or Klingons be a bit insensitive? Being, yeah. Um, the First Federation ship is the classic, basically tangled mass of Christmas tree lights, just spurting off uh, small little clusters and rejoining after our, uh, those clusters have done small little attack runs. It's a very annoying program because the firing control solutions are really difficult even for the ship's computer to get a hold of. Your options at this point are to try to run away or blow up the ship. Okay. I, somebody tell me the structural integrity of our damage nacelle. Bad, says Moon. I need an actual number. Uh, 3%, says Larissa. All right. I have an idea. We're going to close the gap. Hit them, uh... Warp speed, get us as close as we can, drop out, and hit them with everything we got. And then warp again, if we can manage with them to sell. <laughs> okay. So, the ship is going to be involved in the roll, which means I'd have to look up the character sheet for that. But for Moon doing the roll... Well, he's kind of got an idea, and he's going to see if he can make it stick. Um, so he's going to have to make a roll. And for your part, Eli, uh, let's just have you roll for the ship. All right, what am I rolling for the ship? Uh, your target number in this daring maneuver is 13. In a complication range, I'm spending four threat of 16. I hope I can do this right, because... Is there, is there a crit range too, or? Um, for you, no. For Moon, yes. God damn it! We got two complications here, which is great. So as you proceed into warp, actually, I'm also going to make a roll for the First Federation. I'd like to point out that whatever ha else happened, <laughs> the damage to cell is going to continue at warp. Away. Well, no. So what has happened is that Moon has tried to sort of put the ship on an un like a sort of a curving trajectory to try to basically um, drift the ship at warp to really make it uh, this maneuver more difficult. The problem is that that has completely detached that nacelle, which proceeds at relatively high warp for a very short distance, still in phase. So. The First Federation ship um, basically tries to defend itself by basically just huddling up, you know, we'll put the shields at maximum and take care of this. Uh, the problem is that it's no use against a nacelle traveling at relatively high warp. You have basically just shot part of the ship as a missile at the First Federation ship, which just explodes. In so doing, causing heavy structural damage to the USS Reliant. You have technically survived, though. Moon just looks up. Remember, kids, there's no proof against physics. 
on the view screen, you just see a picture comes up of the First Federation captain just in what appears to be an escape pod. There's fire everywhere. Displays blinking. Lots of static. He says, I shall just know that when I die, I am drinking Tranya and you are not. And he explodes. The reception with that... Oh, go for it. Fire everything you have into that hole breach. Um, a Extra damage. sensor drone. <laughs> a sensor drone just goes boo <laughs> and goes into the breach because the Reliant suffering heavy damage is non-operational at this point. You have kind of won in the sense that you have survived, but I mean that is kind of it for this. So it's not the best. You you certainly haven't won any prizes with having defeated the Kobayashi Maru, but you have technically done it. Well, I'm proud of everyone, and, uh, Ensign Moon, good flying. At this point, with holographic fire and warning signs all over the bridge, the turbo lift doors open, and there's Captain Graves. Graves blanks. We just won the Kobayashi Maru, Captain. Oh, well, that's good. Um... Is this the physical kind of simulation or just holographic kind of simulation? Because I want to sit in that chair over there. Okay, very good. Because I do want to sit in that chair over there, and right now it's well, it's got a bit of deck plating on sticking out of it. Yeah, no, no, that that'll we could turn that off. Larissa presses a few buttons, and the bridge goes back to normal. Garal um, dusts himself off after having flown through the bridge, across the bridge in a very dramatic fashion, nods and returns to his station. Um, actually, with this, uh, we'll continue on in just a moment, but I wanted to give the opportunity for people to take a bio break since we've been going for about an hour. Um, so, yeah, stretch, grab drinks, and we'll be back in five minutes or so. Daniel is at work studying and doing some relatively minor analyses that have been instructed in, and I'm just going to... Sorry, I have to break for that. Uh, for that, I presume we are recording. Yes, we are. Okay. okay. I was just trying not to ask on air, but <laughs> yeah, and I figured like at this point I do uh, a project anyway. Edit or not? For professionals, we swear. Aha, reference. Um. So anyway, Daniel is looking at his uh, computer console, just going through some, you know relatively simple work, they notices that the container that Kara brought in earlier has a, well, very curious little tardigrade staring at it. Entranced, you might say. Uh, Daniel gets up from his seat and walks over to, and walks over to the container and crouches down next to, wait, uh, the tardigrade's name is John, right? Yeah. Alright. Uh, Daniel crouches next to John and asks, and asks, so, what is this? It's uh, It's blue. It many. It's blue. I see. Uh, do you know? Re- oh, sorry. He slowly reaches up for it. Uh, Daniel just kind of puts his hand on John's little little claw hand and put and pulls it back down. I don't think you should be poking something that you don't know what it is. It asked me to. What it, uh, 
What do you mean it asked you to? He seems rather out of it, and his antennae are twitching in a, well, it's difficult to tell with John, but you haven't quite seen him like this before. Daniel looks around for some kind of sciency object that looks like a scanning device to get some kind of reading on what the heck is going on with John's head. All right, I have to post a certain gift, though. There we go. <laughs> Gotta get the Baby Yoda reference in there. Nice. So... You okay? So you're trying to get a scan of John's head, as in what's sort of up with his neurology? Yeah, but I haven't really learned what all of the fun little uh, gadgets are or what they do yet. So Daniel's just kind of looking for something that looks like something that would scan someone's head. Okay, we are going to make you roll an insight engineering roll. Actually, no, let's just make this inside science. Just to sort of combine everything in one go. And your target number, and uh, we've revamped, well, the uh, Discord bot has been updated. So you will uh, type in, um, let's see, easiest way to do it is your target number, followed by two, followed by zero, followed by one, followed by 16. So, like that. Just substituting in whatever your um, your combined score for insight sciences for that target. Oh, sorry, sorry, I, f- I forgot I was on push to talk. Wait, so, what, what, is it the zero that I'm replacing? No, the target, where it says target. Oh, okay, okay, so, uh, uh, my target and then all those numbers you just put there? Yeah, so it's two dice with, I just put it at zero for difficulty of zero, and then one is your critical range, and then 16 your um, computation. You get that as you're typing that out, and you can also use the slash d20 command, or d d20 command for another way of bringing all that up, but this is the simplest one to explain, because you just need a sequence of numbers, rather than having to uh, use d20. I so think you, I did it. Yep, you did it. Uh, you got the roll of 12 and 11, which gives you two successes. So you're able to pick up the medical tricorder, and you're able to scan John's noggin. And it's a funny neurology, that's for sure. You have no idea what to make of it, though, because it's a tardigrade, and it's a giant sentient tardigrade, and his uh, nervous system is definitely tuned to something that you are not able to pick up. Ah. But huzzah, you, you did not phaser him. Uh, Daniel just kind of like sets the tricorder uh, the tricorder down and kind of says to John, "You know, I probably should have probably should have realized I don't really know what you look like normally on the uh, in there." And then uh, and then Daniel just kind of returns his attention to whatever's in the container and tries to figure it out himself. So with that, we will cut down uh, if Rick is ready to the um, break where we have here Rick. Yes. Um, so uh, it, it, uh, you just see the um, the ensign Martinet, uh, who's their guardian, Nurek tap tap her or come back and say, Captain, um, our guest wants to speak with you. Um, I don't know what he has to say, but he's uh, been rather insistent these past few minutes. Once that he's heard you back. Um, well, all right, I'll be right down. Graves 
proceed rather well quickly to um, the uh, um, brig. Uh, as as uh, the captain walks into the brig, you find um, Mirrorick standing uh, in the centre of, of, of the brig, right up, like, facing, direct, face directly, almost up against the, um, the force field, sort of staring at you um, as you arrive. Captain, I need to know something. What are you going to do with me? Once, of course, I get my um, back. Well, that's kind of a question for um, the higher-ups. Um, Starfleet's reviewing your records, and uh, well, more or less, it's a complication between legal and diplomatic issues. Uh, and whether or not you're seeking asylum, whether or not there's anything to hold you accountable for, and rehabilitation, all that, or Frankly, if the Terran Empire starts making demands. So essentially, uh, you're going to keep me in this little box until someone higher than you makes a decision. Um, yep, more or less, but we can transfer you into a medium-sized box. <laughs> well, uh, at least there's something the same between universes. Yeah, so, um... As far as I'm aware, the uh, the arm should be rel uh, prepared relatively soon for implantation, and from there, I'll just try to make sure that we are proceeding as speedily as possible. Captain, you um, how should I put this? Weak. You and this ship. Well, right. And that yeah, go to. <laughs> Graves just has a little bit of a smirk and says, well, between the two Reliance, one of them got blown up, and the other one is... Um... Here, just a second. Uh, well, your ship got blown up, ours didn't. We've survived pretty dangerous incidents, and I'll just let that speak for itself. There's one thing I've learned, Captain, that you can only rely on yourself. You, uh, have no idea what happened to the to my reliance. I left, and it, well, as you so put it, exploded. But, well, let's say that, let's say that anyway. I'm sure the Reliant is, is there, still there. But in the meantime, I want you to know that uh, you will not tame me. I am not going to be brainwashed by your prison camps if you send me there. I'm not going to stay locked up as a pet on display. I will not stay here to be ridiculed by the your so-called chief of security. And I will not stay and listen to the inane ramblings of my so-called lookalike. He is naive and pathetic. And I will get out of well, here. Well, okie dokie, we can put And I will get out of here. I just wanted you to know, Captain, that this is not the end. Well, no, just because, well, there's you, there's future you, and there's the inter intermediate future you, 
Well, basically a lot of you that I have to take a lot of opinions into account. But if what you're saying right now is representative, then hey, maybe we can just find a nice M-class rock to put you down on, make your way around some trees and rocks and stuff like that, if civilization is really that incompatible. Or we can toss you back, so long as we know the threat's been neutralized. Because, as you see, we are not that entirely weak. We could simply bow down to your will to get out, but we've got other plans in mind. So just sit tight and, yeah, just enjoy the show. <laughs> and maybe we can get you a little bit of a bigger room, maybe one with a little bit of TV, but, yeah, I have not really much on that you would particularly care for at this stage. Maybe you'll branch out, though. Marchenay can't help but mutter under his voice. Maybe a big, flat, hot rock. Hmm. Well, I would request that you let me have my freedom. And I will stay out of your way if you stay out of mine. I'll put that request up to the chain of command. However, I also have to figure out if you're lying. But, at the same time, well, let's basically put it this way. If you just want to go your own way and not really be bothered by anything particularly to do with Starfleet, then anything you have to say about the Antarian Empire would be most appreciated. Because, again, if you're not planning on, you know, supporting them, tell us all you know. That'd be great. Well, I can tell you many things about the Reliant, about the Emperor. I don't know much use it is. I am still not Terran, after all. I am a Saw, and there are still many things that, even though I am the chief of engineering, they still don't trust me. They still despise me. So I will tell you, but... I don't know if there is anything I can add that you don't already know. Well, fun thing about discoveries is that sometimes what you think is innocuous could be the most important thing in the universe. I also am not one to put too much of a price on information when, well, we simply don't know what the value is. You may not be valuing it highly, but we might. So I'm just going to let that speak for itself. I'll have Bryce come down, and you can have a little bit of a chat, and I'll pass that directly on to Starfleet Command. Um, under the circumstances, they may be quite disposed to, well, parting amicably under that situation. Very well. And he just goes back and sits on his bed, and just stares out back at you. Graves nods, nods the security personnel on staff, and heads back out from the uh, brick area. Um, we cut back up to the science lab. Anyone who wants to poke in is free to also poke in at the science lab. At this point, uh, Kara bursts in the door and says, Setsa, I... She looks around. Where's Setsa? And why is John staring uh, at the blue tube? Um, you can query the computer at the, as to the current location of Setsa Jigoro. Oh, okay. Daniel, don't, don't let the tardigrade eat the blue goo. Oh, you don't know what it is either? No, that's why it's here. It's a science lab. Huh. Well, what tests have you run already? We haven't. It just got here. Oh. Okay, well, might as well get started. Daniel just uh, goes for the tricorder again, just to see what he can figure that, figure out. Compare it to the gaseous cloud outside the ship. It's made up of eggs. There's a cloud of eggs? Outside the ship? Welcome to Starfleet. With just that as her response, Kara then goes over to the computer and checks to see where Setsa Jigoro is. 
that Jigoro is in the mess hall. And as for the science roll, another, let's go with a reason science check, and all you need is the target number. So just slash R, number. While that's going on, Kara double taps her combat. You're running to Jigoro. Um, Jigoro here. There's a slight clattering of silverware. Things have gotten more complicated. Um, and fun complication, or that you might get be getting a paper out of, or complication as in something escaped and trying to eat the chef. You know, not so much on the fun one, but the latter two are quite possible. <sighs> All right, I'll be back. Um, you just you hear just like assorted like munching sounds and sets uh, sets says. I'm just having lunch. Uh, needed waffles. Right on. Lots of waffles. Just to bring you up to speed, uh, there's a Ferengi trader who is looking for his creature that he lost, and he doesn't know what it is, and it might have had eggs. He doesn't know. Yeah, he's an idiot. Oh, and chop back and weird. Uh, I gotta get back to that. Uh, talk to you later. Go, go eat. Sets a cuts or car cuts line and just goes over to John. No, no. Uh, John just turns and looks to Kara and looks over to the container. I will get you some spore cookies if you want, but do not eat the goo. I will not eat the goo. I will not eat the goo. He reaches for it. Kara. Daniel Smith. Oh, sorry. Kara looks over at Daniel. Has he been acting weird to you? Oh. In the short time I've known him, seems to be. Yeah. I don't think the Rhea Thanes can read his mind, but I'd really like to know what's going on here. Uh, Daniel... A, uh, sorry. Uh, sets of stubbles in the door. Um, a, a, ha- or a, a half a waffle still sticking out of her mouth. Update. John's acting stranger than usual, too. That's a nuts. She proceeds over to a, uh, a scanning terminal and sort of starts uh, sets to work on some additional scans. So, um, let's see. I'm just checking out that. So, you got two successes on the last one, and so that's going to contribute as well. So, there we go. So, uh, two successes between you both. I will uh, uh, add some momentum to that in case we need it. Kara, meanwhile, carefully keeps John away from the blue goo. He's leaning towards the blue goo. You can just sort of feel his weight um, going towards it. Yeah. Or any is this any avatar? Oh, sorry. sorry, I was just, I was just gonna say any any time John re- like reaches up towards it, Daniel just does what he did before and just lowers his hand back down while uh, while still he is standing very compliant. with the goo. He is very compliant, even though in sort of a trance-like state. So. Uh, between the two of them, uh, assessing um, Daniel, have been able to identify that number one, the contain the blue goo is indeed linked to the uh, well. It is of a very similar organism, if not the same organism, as what's also represented outside by the cloud. The difference, though, is much more congealed. So you have massive cells which have formed sort of. A, in the shuttle, they would have formed like a protective but what you have is sort of a relaxing sort of mass of tissue. Ick. Wait, so this is basically just like a condensed version of the cloud, 
but it's more, not eggs. It's more organized. So, uh, I guess Daniel turns to the closest person and just says, So, the cloud of eggs might not be eggs. Sets and nods and says, It could be an organism that's sort of associated, possibly with a survival strategy for being out in vacuum. Kara, meanwhile, is very carefully moving, you know, John's hands away. John, why do you want to eat the blue goo? I don't want to eat it. Eat it to me. What does it say? It says hi. Have you introduced yourself? I think so. It says it's easy. I'm the web. Carl, at the other two scientists, and basically just says, okay, this ranks about a 9.0 on my weird shit-o-meter. Uh, since, What's uh, this? Sorry. I, I keep accidentally interrupting people. Sorry. Um. Setsa says, Well, what it kind of seems like is that this could be a, uh, maybe some kind of mysterious organism? Something that is operating on the same network of uh, Haifu that John is able to sort of communicate. So that might explain his ability to communicate, and well, so limited communication could just be that very simple with such low mass. Alright, so good news and bad news. Um, good news is that John, I don't think, wants to eat it, we think. Oh no, I was giving you the choice of which to have first, because I've got both for you right now. Oh, okay, uh, let's go bad news. The bad news is this is looking less and less like it's related to that thing the Ferengi lost. Are you sure, though? No. Okay, what's good news? The good news is you might get two papers out of this. Ooh! Psst. What, what's this web John is talking about? Uh, Seth uh, just sort of thinks for a moment, then hands him a stack of reading material about the mycelial network. Kara just got to go, oh boy, okay, um, right. She yeah. pulls him off to the side. <laughs> Magic mushroom web thing, faster than light travel, um, tardigrades, and um, some ships that went boom. Uh huh. So, do we think this is a a mushroom person that got exploded and is trying to put itself back together? Um, I wouldn't say person. I mean, it could just be that this is a creature that the Frankie had, and it got bounced out. Also, please don't bring up mushroom people again. That thought is horrifying. I'm glad they don't exist. Well, I mean, we can't we can't discount that there might not that there could be a person. I mean, John is talking to it. It's having a clear conversation, apparently. Well, it's acknowledged him. It might not be a whole lot for communication. I mean. Bella says hi to me when I walk in the door, but it's not, you know, technically so much as the language. Yeah, that's a good example. A dog will acknowledge your presence. It doesn't mean they can really talk to you. Okay, well, let's test this. John, uh, can you, can you ask the mass what happened to it? John just looks at the, uh, the mass, looks back to, uh, Daniel and says, I think it exploded. See? That's a... Uh, Setsa looks to John and says, Do you think, or does it say? John. Yes, I think. Well, 
sort of snaps out of the transfer minute, then just goes right back in, staring at the uh, staring at the mass. Okay, so maybe not full intelligence, but I may have been close with the exploded mushroom person. Sets uh, um, size and set. Well, I mean, we can debate what this thing could be, or we can actually kind of do something about it by collecting the rest of the material outside the ship and reconstituting it. Okay, well, how did you condense uh, whatever's in this in the tube? We can try and scale that up. Um, that, that would be flying around through the cloud using the Bassard collectors. That could work, but we'd pick up a whole lot of stuff. I think we might be able to do something more elegant. Yeah, transporter. I mean, we use the cargo one. We've got plenty of time. That's an odds. Just sort of sends a note over to Graves. Graves then reads that out and just sends some orders to specifically Chorog, um, Checkers, both of them, and Rick. Uh, while 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 they're relaying the the wait, sorry, where I'm sorry, I may have I may have zoned out for some reason. The, were you trying to transition into a uh, different a conversation, or are you just saying that they're saying that they're telling those people what we just talked um, about? Um, I will be uh, basically transitioning scenes. Okay. Uh, I was uh, sorry. I was I was just thinking about asking John to do one last thing. Is all. Okay. Uh, we can get back to that. Uh, but first, let's have the others uh, go ahead and do a crazy scheme project. What you need to do is to come up with a assembly um, to basically beam the material back onto the ship and basically uh, add it to a stasis jar. It's a simple engineering project, but with the four of you, let's see how this goes. So the checkers, the Chorog, and the Rick will need to construct this device together. And what I'll need is uh, reason engineering rolls with a complication range of 17. As again from the checkers, Rick and Chorog. Um, I, I guess can, can I can I just ask uh, John the thing while they're while they're uh, working on the thing, um, just AKA be, while they're rolling. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's probably gonna be pretty quick on these rolls because all yeah. Um, so we've got. And this transporter's focus apply um, while I'm doing that. Uh, yes, transporter focus would apply. So we've got two complications from the checkers. That's only one checkers. Should I roll for second checkers? No, uh, roll God, second. no. Yes, roll for second checkers. Roll for second Rick's, checkers. Rick's got four successes here, <laughs> and you do have four momentum you could technically use to re-roll some dice, as in both of those dice. If you wanted to, you can come on to game mechanics, or well, you can keep um, up your complications. Yeah, or using the determination. I'm keeping the complications. I mean, it's very okay. Cheap. Let's just admit it. So we've got one of the checkers with two complications. We've got one success from the other checkers, no success from Chorog, and four successes saving the day from Rectier. So, Rick is able to construct a magnificent device to capture the um, particles lab and reassemble it. Checkers has grossly misinterpreted the directions of this order. At least, well, one of the checkers has. The other checkers is on task. The other checkers has been assembling what looks like a panini press with an automated um, bread baker 
and uh, cheese condensing apparatus. I'm all for this. So, this has been added to the assembly of the device. Would anyone like to inspect the device altogether and see if this is a sensible arrangement? I suppose the answer is no from the checkers. No, nah, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, Rick Wood. Uh... So, Rick Wood. So, I will have you roll um, insight, uh, insight Engineering with a complication range of 18. Okay. Um, two successes, no complications. You are able to see that one of the checkers has built a magnificent breakfast, or uh, not breakfast machine, uh, could be, uh, a magnificent, it depends on how you um, want it. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically a magnificent uh, uh, brunch machine, and this probably wouldn't be too great for the life form if it was, uh, well, put through it. It would be best maybe to set that part of the machine aside. Yeah, um... Well, uh, well, it would be a great uh, for making toasted cheese sandwiches. I don't believe it would be the best for uh, for a stasis field of spore-based rifle. No, let's not be hasty. It is a way to pull everything together and compress it again. <laughs> Indeed. Um, as the device is removed, though, I will give Checkers a magnificent bone here and say that he has now acquired a fantastic device that can be replicated and sold at scale and would have a very rich market in the physical food industry because it has the convenience of a replicator but at the same time works with physical ingredients. This could make checkers very rich. Okay, hell yeah. <laughs> I thought checkers it, was already rich. Um, more rich. This, he has obtained a panini or a um, panini press and bread maker of genius. I will. That's the that's the um, the name I'm giving this item, which he has obtained and can market at will. With the cheese condenser too, it also works on the cheese as well. So you get the um, sort of the crust of the panini as well as the cheese of the panini. Um, you could also do a sauce um, maker as well, but that hasn't been integrated in this version of the device. But it's like Next one's also going to have a pasta maker. Yes. So, with that, you've got a device able to capture the little Cosmozoan lifeforms and reassemble them. So, activate the device. Oh, the setup. It's linked up to the ship transports, and you begin collecting this material. It's sort of this granular material, very cold, but as it warms up, it just sort of starts uh, using the other, and John just, his antenna swish, and just starts giggling. Now, what's so funny, little, little, you know, I was trying to think of a fun name for you, but uh, I couldn't quick enough. What's funny, dude? John just says, They're getting to know each other now. Are you saying that this is more than one thing? Uh, go ahead and make a science reason roll. I'd just like to point out to the people in this science lab, I do not like the way our tardigrade is acting creepy right now. <laughs> uh, would nothing is impossible, only waiting to be understood, applies a value? Well, you'd only be looking to use a value if you wanted to use a point of determination. Oh yeah, never mind. My bad. 
So you're going to be looking at your uh, focuses for like major grit stuff. It's sort of like your proficiencies. Sorry, was was that so just that, like, got, was that just like uh, a, no. a regular? I'm sorry, I, I was just going to ask. Was that supposed to be just reason, science, no modifiers? Yeah, I was just. I only said the thing about the focuses in case one of your focuses applied, then you get it above crit range. But with two successes um, versus three, it really doesn't matter for this particular role because you have reason through that this could be a colonial life form. That its shape isn't necessarily a product of singular biology, that this is simply a lot of small constituent elements that, when linked together, make a larger organism. The effect on John could simply be that there are so many of these little organisms communicating over the mycelial network that he's getting overwhelmed with those impulses. So I guess uh, Daniel kind of comes up to everybody and says, guys... I think I have an idea of what's going on here. Uh, Someone does. And... Sorry. Uh, Go for it. Okay, sorry. So, this may not be a cloud of an exploded being. This might just be a cloud of an entire civilization of tiny people traveling through space. And they just kind of got caught up in our business. Who sets a blinks and says, I think People might be a bit of a stretch, but, I mean, it's not a bad hypothesis that this is sort of an aggregate um, entity versus a singular being that can regenerate in odd ways. John uh, is also, more fervently, though, kind of like reaching up for the container and sets it in and says, Well, I mean, no use keeping this separate. Let's just head back down to the cargo bay and, um, well, let this thing rejoin the rest of it. John, uh, um, are you trying to let them out? John says, Did they say where their home is? If he's saying home, he's meaning the mycelial network. They don't even belong in this dimension, basically. Ah. So... Setsa, um, uh, Setsa takes the container and just sort of indicates um, that they head down to Cargo Bay. Come on, John. Let's go send them home, I guess. As they, as they walk along, the rest of the little baby tardigrades also follow along in a single procession like a group of little baby duckies. There's more of you? Yeah, we have a whole group of baby tardigrades. You didn't realize? I thought it was just John. Right, I'm going to see if I can pull up the picture real quick. But in the meantime, the group is arriving in the... Um, Cargo Bay, where the device, minus the Panini Press, have been set up for use. The kind of the major thing that you recognize is that there's sort of a form developing within the um, within the mass. It's a curled form, and yeah, it looks fairly interesting and also quite blue. Thing to also note is that this also could very well be the creature that the Ferengi described as well, because you see what might be one or two tails. Okay, it might be one paper, but if you're going to write it, Setsa, John wants to take it home, so better scan quick. Setsa nods, takes abundant scans of what's happening, but the ship has also been keeping pretty good track, thanks to the device, because, oddly enough, the one thing that has proven quite useful is, uh, to the operations here from Checkers' uh, editions, it has been a very magnificent sensor suite that was incorporated into the Panini Press to make sure it perfectly toasted. So... Anyway, though, 
um, Setsa um, basically connects the stasis unit into the main uh, main container. The little loose sludge they've got joins with the rest of the entity. And a, uh, well, basically what looks like a blue kind of dog-like head looks up at uh, the group. Kara just turns to Setsa. A lot can happen in two days, can it? Two? Kara blinks. Setsa blinks. The entity in the container makes a kind of a weird woofing noise. The uh, tardigrades all sort of giggle in unison. It's kind of creepy. Do you guys want to pet the goo dog before it goes home? I'm getting a real they all spores kind of feeling from these guys. <laughs> they all very excitedly nod and yell out at once. Space puppy! And sort of the spell is broken and they just all rush the space puppy. I really hope it's not still squishy. You know, somehow I um, think I may have made a mistake. Don't feel bad. The, oh, guys, I think it's hard to make a non-mistake. Ask the, the baby tardigrades. The um, baby tardigrades are all petting the space puppy. It is slightly gooey, but it reconstitutes itself in relatively uh, short order. Um, uh, I found the picture I was looking for. This is for, yeah, the group of baby tardigrades. I made a picture from the Tardigrade Adoption Agency, SEO did. So, um, basically, what you have there is a very unusual animal-like form. It's just a very colonial organism that apparently was from the mycelial network. Again, as it was made up of many constituent elements, it sort of overrode John, but once it sort of got into a singular form, um, that sort of effect was broken, and what they're left with is a space puppy. Okay, well, it's not trying to eat us. So, that's a good sign. And, yeah, they have a space puppy, and the little targets are going to show it off to the mycelial network. And with that, I've got, that's basically the end of the main A plot, so unless anyone has B plot and small scene they want to do, we are done for the night. At this point, they cut back to the Magellan Brig, where Captain Ease walks in with Cholax, looks up at him. Captain Ease pulls out a large paper notebook. He starts reading off the list of laws and regulations broken by Cholax. <laughs> it covers the Ferengi is looking... Uh, the Ferengi is looking quite crestfallen. So, we've got a um, Ruthian weapon to craft, Chorog. Chorog, Did we lose Chorog? Oh, I'm here. Okay. Okay, so we're back in uh, engineering uh, by the, the matter fabricator. Um, a holographic version of uh, Turok's prototype is being displayed. Um, so this is what you've done with the, the prototype? This is basically my design for the prototype so far. Granted, this is normal-sized. We are going to need to microize Microize the components to down to Reathean size. Yes, yeah, so uh, the, we've got a, what, a scaling factor of around 60%. Trog pick, uh, looks at the bub and spins it around a little bit. Reatheans are roughly, what, three feet tall? So I'd say shrink this down to about 60%. All right, um, we can start um, and... Uh, Let's start working on the design. Let's roll. Uh, this is control. Yeah, I'd say control. 
I'm going to use a um, bad momentum because why not? Okay, what are we rolling? Control engineering. Okay. Am I able to use my focus of improvised construction on this? Yeah, I'd say that uh, that applies. Why is it three dice? Because I'm using a momentum. Oh, right. Sorry, it's getting a little late. <laughs> All right, so you've got three successes and zero successes, but that together means that you've constructed... He didn't put in a difficulty, but I'm guessing with a four and a six, that's going to be two more successes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, that's going to be three successes, probably. Yeah, I still need to get used to this new rolling system. Yeah, um, definitely play around with it. There's, again, a couple of ways you can do it. The slash D20 or the slash R, whatever you find most comfortable. So with that, you have definitely made this uh, the Ryothean weapon systems. Charles looks at the newly scaled-down version of the weapon. It looks no bigger than a pistol to him. But for a Ryothean, it's a long rifle. All right, let's uh, go. Yeah, that, I like the way this looks. Let's fabricate a sample, and we'll try it out. Mm, yeah, go ahead to the holodeck, create some target practice. Um, looks, I have to say, I think we've done pretty well here, Charles. Yeah, I'm happy with this. Let's, like I said, let's get a prototype going. That way, next scheduled training session, they'll have an act, they'll have an actual weapon to try with. All right, I'll start the fabrication process. Um, the the, cap, the capacitors in there, it's all. Standard material, so now that we've got the, the, the pattern, we can should be able to start um, mass pumping these out. Given the yeah, I'm looking of, forward to this. Given the level of success between the two engineers, actually, the weapon that they fabricated may find use either in the civilian industry as a pistol, or perhaps they could write a paper on the microization of the power source. Either way, it's pretty amazing. And uh, the, the, the fabricator starts... Starts uh, powering up and starts going through the process of laying down and um, producing each of the components to get together. Cool, cool. Um, let's see, it is a little bit late to then give that any kind of a field test, but we can handle that in the next episode. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else have any quick scenes before we head off for the night? Uh, less a scene, more just Daniel wanted to ask someone a question. Uh, uh, after, uh, Daniel just wanted to ask, uh, someone a question after, uh, John and the other tardigrades, uh, went to take the dog home. Alright. I just wanted to ask, um, so, has anyone ever actually explored the Mycelia realm, or whatever you call it? Uh, that's a long answer. The short answer is classified in red ink. You know what? Fair enough. I'll figure it out myself someday. In big bold letters. Underlined. And with that, let's... Uh, yeah, let's call it a night, because I am just about to fall over. So, um... Yeah, Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank Bye. you for joining Bye. us. Bye. And don't forget Star Trek's Reliance email. Reliant at starbaseudc.com